All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's going on, guys? So it's been a minute again. A hot minute. A hot minute. And uh, basically, we've just been really busy. Um, had a lot going on. We're not even going to cover all of it because it's been so long since we've actually done one that there's been a whole lot that's happened. Um, nothing really that notable. I mean, is there anything that stands out to you, Dozer, of something that you need to talk about? Just uh, Christmas, I guess. I think deer season has happened since then. And did I talk about Wyatt shooting a deer? I don't know if you did or not, but yeah, go ahead Wyatt, and recap Wyatt, it. Wyatt shot a second deer. So his first deer was last year with a crossbow. This year, <clears throat> he wanted to kill one with a gun. So we shot in the front yard and stuff, and and he had to work for it. I mean, we didn't get it done first season, and second season, Saturday night, he didn't want to go hunting, which is fine. I said, uh, I'm never going to make you go hunting. You know, if you want to go, you're welcome to go, but I'm not going to make you go. But if you don't go, you've got to go to Hobby Lobby shopping with mom and your sister. And he's like, I'm going hunting. Sounds good. So let's do man things instead. Yeah. So uh, about half hour before dark, one doe come out in front of the blind and dropped her right there. And But uh, like I say, his, his first deer took him five minutes. His second deer took him five days. So Right. It's, and all the snacks probably I saw the Oh uh, the Snapchat. snack thing's over now. It's uh he's got a tablet, so he's addicted to that. Fair enough. Point. So we went from twelve thousand calories of snacks per hunt to basically nothing. What uh, so which one's healthier? <laughs> well, I right. Probably neither. <laughs> oh geez. Well, um, I guess like you said, Christmas has come and gone. I yeah, this... hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. We're a little late here. This is our Christmas gift episode to our listeners. Yeah, Merry Christmas. So, um, so you texted me and said our listeners are demanding another episode. What was was that from Family Christmas or what? Uh, no, Jenny Olson uh, was never a listener until she heard the episode with Cody Fraley. Okay. Um, he's friend, she is friends with Cody's mom. Okay. And she was like, what's this all about? And she listened to that one. And then she started at the beginning and she said all the ones in the beginning were boring as hell because all we talked about was cars and Jeeps mm -hmm. and she doesn't really give a damn. She has a really, really nice TJ. Okay. Like 30,000 miles on it. Super nice. But she's not like a Jeep person. She doesn't go on Jeep runs every freaking weekend or whatever, but she does enjoy her Jeep and it's a six speed. So it's nice. kind of cool. Anyway, uh, but she really enjoys the podcast, and she says every single Wednesday morning, she opens her Spotify, clicks on our podcast, and she goes, nope, they didn't release one. Then she goes and listens to Joe Rogan instead. Nice. So we appreciate that, Jenny, and uh, this one's a shout-out to you. She wants to be on the podcast. She's more than welcome to. And I said that, but she wants to be on with Dave King because her and Dave King are good buddies. Okay. So we need to figure out how to get Dave King down here to do this podcast. And Jenny said she'd probably have to go pick him up and bring him here because he's, you know, typically inebriated by the time we get around to recording a podcast. So. Is that the Dave you work with? Yeah. Gotcha. So um, anyway, uh, since it's been so long, I forgot that we have an email address that I tell everybody <laughs> to, to email. Every episode. <laughs> so, um, I checked the email at, and uh, 
I realized that swap meet guy emailed in. Oh, yeah? So this is from Roger West. He says, hi, Sam and Dozer. I was the guy at the swap meet who recognized Sam. I'm glad you enjoyed the acknowledgement, but I did not want to interrupt your hunt. I really enjoy the podcast. It always has a positive vibe, and we don't get a lot of that these days. Thanks again, Roger West. So, Roger, shout out to you. Uh, you're the lucky listener. <laughs> Email in your address, and I will mail you a short story long tall boy huggy so that you can enjoy a tall boy twisted tea. There you us. go. So, thank you for reaching out. Sorry it took me so long to read that email. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I, well, I, what he happened, made me, he made me, he made us feel famous. We appreciate anybody who makes us feel famous. Yeah. And what, what had happened was I disabled notifications for that email address because I used it to do my girlfriend's tax return. So okay. now I, okay. <laughs> wow, so, she hates this show. Now you have to use our email. So anyway, anytime you sign up for a free tax return service, they you send need you. A new email. They send you millions of marketing. Well, they didn't want it mixed in with my tax return stuff. That was really the reason behind oh, I see. it. So, anyway, I muted notifications for that that email address, and therefore did not get the email notification from Roger. So, again, we apologize and thank you for mailing in. Speaking of mail, in the real snail mail, uh, the Pony Express, the, if you will, I got a care package from Ms. Rebecca Bickle. One of your uh, classmates from mining engineering. Well, she wasn't a classmate. She was just a, uh, she, she went to a different school, but we worked at the same internship out in Wyoming. We were neighbors. So we lived in like a long-term hotel, which is basically like a hotel, but you get a kitchen okay. in your room. And she was across the hallway. Fair enough. And uh, anyway, so apparently she makes patches and she sent me a custom-made patch for the Hemi that says Silent J um, so that I can put this on my dash because we had we had recently talked about wanting something to go over the Vintag of my GTX to basically kind of spit in the face of anybody who's upset that there's no J in the VIN. So uh, if this was a video podcast, I'd show it to you, but it's not. So thanks again, Rebecca. We appreciate that. So another notable thing... Um... It's on on the on the sad side of things is my grandma Dial passed away. Okay, uh, she you know had to mention toward the end was I mean it was pretty rough, so it was one of those bittersweet things. But uh, in a better place, that's right. But I say that because <clears throat> I've always wanted to try to get my grandpa to do a podcast episode because he was in the Navy mm-hmm. and he flew a um, P was it. Anyway, I used to know is a is a big Martin, is is called a Martin airplane. It had four engines and it floated, you know, took off and and landed on the water. Okay, and they they did uh, like reconnaissance stuff. There was, I guess, China was fighting with another country, and they would take pictures of Chinese boats and they would fly search and rescue. But he said the only thing they ever found was oil spots. Fair enough. N- never did any rescuing. And, you know, he's got stories of, you know, they would buy meat and like try to stab sharks with, you know, their knives taped to poles and stuff like that. And I, I think his Navy stories would be good. And then I'd kind of like him to do like the origin story of Jedco. So I remember when we first got this going, one of the reasons you 
partially agreed to do this with me was because, and I don't remember which podcaster it was that you referenced, but more so than for their fans, they like to immortalize their essence on the internet. Right, that was Gary V. Oh, was it Gary V? But his kids and grandkids will be able to watch all of his videos and know what their grandpa was like. Sure. So I would like to dust off the mobile podcast setup and take it over to your grandpa's and record that podcast because that would be super cool. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a customer come on the truck. I've met him a couple times. He works at a business next door to a shop I call on weekly. And he wanted some sockets or whatever. And we got to talking. And I don't know how the conversation ended up to where it did, but he told me that he was a veteran in the Navy. And we just kind of got to talking. And one thing that I'll say is I've always had the utmost respect for our servicemen and women. And it's so cool just being a people person in general. But for the most part, anyone that I've talked to that is a veteran and has experiences, they more or less, depending on the situation, want to share those experiences with other mm -hmm. people. And his whole demeanor changed. He like he his eyes got wide and he just became more cheerful. And he was telling these stories of his youth because, I mean, he was probably in his mid to late 60s um, and he was in the Navy and he started talking about all of his buddies in the Navy and like the things that they did and the trouble they got into. And it, it just, he just, it made his day to tell that story. And, uh, so like, that's one thing I would like to do with like with your grandpa or whatever. And, uh, then yesterday we also decided that we need to do a veterans day podcast next year. And we need to invite veterans to come on the podcast and tell stories about some of the mischief they got into right. and like, stupid things the government does and, and things like that. Cause all, all veterans have a story that has something to do with that. So that's something I'd like which, to do. Uh, what's his name? Like Matt best or something, the black rifle coffee dude or whichever. He always does those silly videos, but he wrote a book called thank you for my service. Right. Because he's like, it was the best time of my life. And that's what my grandpa always says. He he always ends his stories with, the Navy was the best four years of my life. Then he'd look at my grandma and go, before marriage, right. and then wink at me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the Navy guys must have a lot of fun because this guy told me a story about how for a whole year they sailed around the coast of Australia doing like PR stuff. It was peacetime when he was in the Navy. And uh, he had, you know, I'm sure he was 19-something years mm -hmm. old during this time. And apparently Australia at this time had a lot of nude beaches and he was very intrigued by that as a young sailor. And, uh, he said, uh, then they went to Thailand and he said, Thailand's like a whole other planet. And, uh, he said he got a lot of haircuts in Thailand because, uh, they were full service oh, haircuts I, and they were only $5. And he said his favorite game to play with all of his buddies was called smiles. And it's where everybody would sit around a bar table and the first guy to crack a smile had to buy the next round. Well, the twist to the story is the bartender is underneath the table. So he said, no one really actually lost that game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the way, like just, just hearing this older gentleman, you know, of, of an older generation 
tell stories like talk shop just like he's you know up here just really kind of tickled me that I could make his day by letting him tell me his story you know so I thought it was kind of cool so yeah I'm gonna try to get my grandpa I, I mentioned it I so I wore my podcast shirt to Christmas this year oh nice and my grandpa's like is that your podcast like yeah and and I was like I was, I was waiting for the what's a podcast you know and it's, 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 it's radio radio it's radio on the internet I know I know I said, uh, I said, uh, he said something like, you ever going to have me on there? And I was like, yeah, actually we want to. Well, then, you know, the bluff was called. Sure. Because I, I don't think he was serious. You know, he was trying to stir shit. Yeah. He's just trolling. And I was like, actually we do. Yes. And next oh, Friday yeah. we're doing it. Oh, and he's like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, so keep we'll working see. on him. Keep working on him. So it, uh, he, he spent a lot of time talk or taking care of grandma. So I, I never asked him, but now that, uh. Or on a new chapter, I'm hoping I can yield him into that. So then I got another email from my sister. Okay. About episode 40. So she did, so she had originally had promised to send an email after every episode, but she must have skipped ahead to 40. Um, she says, episode 40, unasked for thoughts. Uh, she loved my guest from Africa, Dion, that accent man. So apparently rolling the R's (laughs) is doing the trick. Um, She remembers lobsters in Walmart. She has my back on that. (laughs) Okay. Take that, Jeremy. Um, Oh my gosh. It sounds like you guys had so much fun with this one. We really did. I, that was one of my favorite ones because I've not laughed that hard since. Yeah. We, we definitely laughed pretty good on that one. Um, She said it's definitely one of her favorite podcasts so far. And, I need to see if he can somehow join us again from Africa and keep him kind of as a regular. So, well, that was some too. I was thinking if we couldn't get together with Grandpa, we could probably get him to maybe call in. Sure, sure, but it'd be better in person, I think. Um, which I don't know, like what time is it in South Africa right now? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. South Africa time. It is 4.31 a.m. So I guess if we did a podcast at like 10 o'clock at night, it would be 6 in the morning there or whatever. So I don't know. That may not work. But he will be back in March. For the, I'll be here before I know it, com- yeah, to be completely honest. For the work program. So that might be the next time we do a podcast. Who knows? Woof. <laughs> 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 Um, and she loved the outro song from uh, Toto. I <laughs> do a lot of people like that. They're like, that was mint. Perfect. Oh. All right. So what's this episode about tonight, Dozer? Well, we're a little late for Christmas, but our Christmas gift to our listeners is our opinion this year. You know, everybody's seen that meme going around like this year. I'm getting everybody my opinion. Get excited. Yep. And I don't know what made me think of it, but I, I thought of it and I texted Sam and he was like, yep, let's do it. So we, we got quite a bit of things. Uh, some people commented on the Facebook post. So we appreciate that. Um, I did not prepare for any of these other than just writing them down and printing them off. So um, we can just work through these and discuss it. So. The first one I have is from Ashley Hazlett. She uh, owns the diner in Stewartson that I have lunch at every Tuesday. Except for this Tuesday because they're closed this week. Um, And she, I won't say she's strange, 
but she's not exactly normal. Okay. Um, because she has approximately 60 or 70 Christmas trees that she owns between her house and her restaurant and her car. Okay. She loves Christmas. She's like basically elf from the movie elf. Like that's, she just loves Christmas. And, uh, like we did a, would you rather the other day? Like, would you rather lose an eyeball or give up Christmas trees? And she was like, I'll, I'll be blind basically. (laughs) And, uh, so Anyway, the her submission to the our opinion is sniffing cups before using them is normal. That's her opinion. Okay. Because I caught like she makes tea, like a sweet tea or whatever, and she puts like another cup on top of it and shakes it like a lemon shake up and cuz she likes the way it foams up when you do that. Okay. Well, before she put the tea in the styrofoam cup, she smelled it. And I'm like, what are you doing? She says, I'm smelling the cup, you know, just make sure it's clean. And I'm like, it's a brand new styrofoam cup. Why would it not be clean? She's like, I don't know. It's just a thing that you do. And I was like, nobody does that. And so she's assured me that many people smell a cup, that when they grab a cup out of a cabinet, you smell it before you put anything in it. So my opinion on that is that's weird. Um, so I guess call or email in or comment on the post or whatever is smelling cups normal i don't think it is because you know you put it away you know you put it away in the cabinet clean like why would you need to smell it to make sure it's clean what's your thoughts my opinion on that is that is something somebody does when when trust has been broken a cup at some point in her life has hurt her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's got, it's a trauma response. Yes. Okay. I just haven't been wronged. Never, no. never been wronged by a cup. Yeah. It, it could happen any day, I suppose. And, um, I could see reason to do it, I guess. If, I get, if, I get, so the only, the only thing that I can say that I, like I can physically remember that's similar to this is like, and I know it's happened to you, but like, I'll paint the picture here. You know, summertime, you got the cooler full of beer and you know, you get it iced down. You go out on your adventure and you come home and there's two or three beers left in there. You don't quite get it cleaned out real good. Well, the cooler water after it gets hot, it don't smell good at all. So then you get the beers re-iced down and it gets mixed in with the good beers and you crack one open and you're drinking it and you just get a whiff every once in a while because it's on the top rim of that beer Mm -hmm. and it didn't get washed off. Like, so I suppose that could be a, you know, if you had a cup left over from like your water at night or whatever, Mm -hmm. and it gets a little stanky. And then you put more water in it. Maybe you maybe you should smell it before you put more water in it. I don't know. But just smelling a I mean, brand new cup out of the cabinet. The brand new out of the cabinet I don't get. But, like, if you find one sitting somewhere, especially with kids. Okay. Yeah. It's like they'll come up with a cup. Like, I haven't seen that for three weeks. Give me that. And you, like, smell it, and it's disgusting. And they're sitting there drinking it. I mean. Because it had, it had milk in it yeah, three weeks or ago. Sweet tea. Sweet tea will get real rank. Yeah. When it gets warmed up. 
So kids are wild as hell. Won't eat their vegetables, but let's drink this rotten milk. Sure. No big deal. Which, yeah, that, that happened to, uh, I think it happened. So Ashley's son had his lunch or whatever packed. And I guess, I don't know how kids work, but like you send them to school with their lunch or whatever, and then they either eat it or they don't. Well, I guess his lunch had milk in it and it like sat overnight. And then the next day the teacher was like, eat your lunch. And so he ate his lunch and ate warm milk that had been sitting out all night long. And he got sick because he had the sour milk or whatever. So I guess she needs to impart that smelling your cup wisdom onto her son. I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that's enough of that one. What's the next? You want to do? You want to go in order my list, or do you want to pick one? Let's just do your list. Let's just go in order. Okay. Well, the next one I have is from Rich Whitaker. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which you're only reading ones from your personal page. I I copied them all. Okay, gotcha. So, and if I miss one, I guess let me know. This is what I was laughing about. Okay. Moments before. So Rich Whitaker commented, (laughs) "Why do they let women have a driver's license?" And immediately there was an opinion from Deb Willenberg. She said, that's because they're better drivers. And on some level, I'll give you that because most of the time I will say in my situation, I am more of a distracted driver than my girlfriend is, uh, whether it be my phone or texting or playing with the radio or whatever. Um, that said, she is more of a speed demon than me. So I don't know, but I have more tickets than she does. So I don't really know what to say there. But then Mike Conrad commented back. He said uh, they have driver's licenses so that they can go grocery shopping and then bring us home when we drink too much. <laughs> Which, because of the seasonality of this episode, New Year's is coming up, and I've seen several times the post shared, be careful on the roads. Some people have been <laughs> drinking too much, and their wives are driving, driving them home. home. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's just a classic misogynist like tale that men are better drivers. Like, there's my favorite one is uh, like, what would happen if all the women were gone off the face of the earth and it's like a, a like a traffic camera of like all these cars just like weaving it like no traffic lights and they're just weaving in and out no one gets in an accident or whatever like that's pretty funny i guess but i don't know well my opinion on that on my um data sampling of one which would be my wife is i've seen her wreck in the snow twice okay so she did like a 360 and hit a guardrail with her Mustang in the snow. Okay. And then went off a curve and went into a deep ditch and rolled her mom's Equinox on its side in the snow. Okay. But I have also wrecked my Jeep and backed into things. So here's a hot take. Hot take. Women are worse drivers. Because they are better drivers. And here's where I'm going with this. So boys like to do hood rat shit. And we're bad drivers on purpose. Like we're on purpose bad drivers. We're drifting in the mall parking lot and screwing around, driving off road, like intentionally become big 
intentionally losing control of our vehicle on purpose and therefore gain the skill to be able to handle that vehicle when it is out of control. Whereas women don't have that carnal need like in their DNA to go do hood rat shit in a vehicle and therefore are constantly driving within the parameters of everyday life. And then whenever those parameters are changed by ice and snow, they don't have any context to perform any kind of maneuver outside of good condition roads. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. I just came up with that. I don't know if that's true or not, but because men are worse drivers, they're better drivers. There's probably uh there's probably an overlap as well. It's a uh, bell curve. Yeah. Well, it's a Venn diagram. <laughs> Venn diagram. It is a Venn diagram. Yo <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Me and oh. Sam enjoy a Venn diagram every now and again. A good a good explanation a good explanative is that a word i don't know so a, a descriptive venn diagram we i do enjoy well, my opinion on women having their driver's license was rich just asked that question to try to get us in trouble right that's definitely that's which according to gary wines and marlene wines he's been saying that <laughs> since he was our age or younger so that's kind of his hot take in the in the words of my wife they're fine it's fine. They're fine. <laughs> you really don't know if it is or not, but so I don't know. That have you seen that I, I don't know if I shared it to you and Ryan's group or whatever, but there was that like uh uh it was like top models or like attractive women from around the world, like famous women or whatever were all put in a race car with a race car driver and they put them around a circuit and like they got to the second turn and everybody wrecked. Did you say that? No, that? no, you didn't. Oh, okay. Well, if I find it or if you've, if you've seen it, send it to us because it was freaking hilarious. Like the commentators were like last year, it didn't go real well. And then like they got to turn two, like turns out this year's not going real well either. <laughs> and they said the the racing drivers in the passenger seat were like, trying like reaching over and grabbing the wheel as hard as they could trying to avoid an accident and it's just hilarious but anyway okay what's the next one jenna she asks how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant well so are they pecking it to death or suffocating it or trampling it. So have you have you seen like it shows them on my reels every once in a while? I guess there's a computer game or program or something where like they just let animals or people or whatever battle it out. And like some like ridiculous ones I've seen was like uh one Chuck Norris versus like ten thousand Jedi or whatever. <laughs> and have you ever seen any of those? I have not, no. There's, some of them are freaking hilarious. And, like, some of them are, like, um, 10,000 uh, Panzer tanks versus f uh, five, like, M1 Abrams tanks or whatever. Like, and, like, I don't know. However the computer algorithm, like, it, it's a video. It, like, this computer model or whatever. And... They're freaking hilarious. A lot of them are so like when she posted that question, that was what was going through my mind. Like you have one elephant and like 15 million chickens. Like what would happen? You know what I mean? And I think there is one where like chickens fought dinosaurs or so. I don't know, but 
Um, as far as like for your, so are they pecking it to death or are they smothering are they crushing it? Crushing it with their, or are they trampling it? Okay. Which I watched a video the other day of a elephant killing a rhinoceros. That was kind of cool. Well, uh, we, we really got to go pound for pound here, you know, like a weight class thing. Okay. So if, if you want to break this down from a fundamental standpoint, I mean, what's an elephant weigh? Uh, 2,000 pounds? Oh, uh, it depends on the breed of elephant. Oh, oh, well, technically, is it an African or Indian elephant? Well, Indian elephants are smaller. I do know that. <sighs> See, this is, we don't have enough data points for this, honestly. African elephant weight is 13,000 pounds for Holy a male adult. Shit. Only 6,600 for a female. But thir- oh. let's go with 13,000 because the male's the fighter. Yeah, 13,000. Okay, what's uh, an average chicken weigh? Five uh, pounds? Probably. Average. Chicken. Weight. I don't want average chicken breast weight. The whole chicken. Six pounds. Okay, so that's uh, a s- basically... 2,167 chickens okay. would equal the weight of an elephant. Okay. Now, we need enough chickens to overwhelm this elephant. Sure. So we could probably round up. So I'd say about 2,500 chickens. See, I, no, see, this is so. Just weight for weight. So weight for weight. But, I mean, we're not, we're not putting them on a scale, seeing which one weighs more. Because, I mean, immediately, the, you know. Like, let's just say you had 3,000 chickens coming at this elephant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It can, within 10 seconds, smash a quarter of them just by moving in a circle. Like, it could just turn around and smash half the chickens. So, you would need enough chickens to so, sacrifice uh, underneath the feet of the elephant. Well, at what point, like, how many chickens does it take for an elephant to get, you know, winded? Well, see, then, like, now, is it true that elephants are scared of mice? Uh, I don't know. I assume because they don't want them to crawl up their trunk. Okay. So maybe you had a chicken that was just been a try. Yeah, had a mouse. <laughs> or what if he had a Glock? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if he's bringing a mouse, at what point can he just have a Glock? Well, <laughs> what my point is, is like, if you if you cause the elephant to harm itself by frightening it, you know what I mean. So like, let's just say you had two thousand chickens. Is there a water source or a cliff nearby that could potentially damage this elephant? Well, the only thing I figure is like when people fight in the MMA, there's weight classes. Uh huh. So you got to get enough chicken because we're gonna go ahead and just assume that weight and deadliness are proportional proportional okay so that's why i just went for the weight and then plus you gotta overwhelm it so you need 2200 chickens to be equal 2500 chickens to overwhelm it there's gonna be some casualties so it could take 3000 chickens but then but then the question remains like how are they like what does she say it doesn't matter they can do anything they want to to kill an elephant yeah i mean at that number, they can do it however they please, to be honest. It's just math. 
Just math. <laughs> so you're so you're going with thirty five hundred. Yeah, three thousand thirty five hundred chickens. I'm going with six thousand. Six thousand. Yeah. You just gonna. I mean, if there's no fifty thousand at that point, I mean, what's your reasoning for six thousand? Because I I think once once the elephant like like I legitimately think the elephant's gonna put up a hell of a fight, and you need enough chickens to be able to kill. 4,000 of them and still have enough chickens to outweigh the elephant gotcha. because the, the elephant's going to kill a shitload of them. Like if you just or elephants known chicken killers, uh, or does he have to like, just get lucky instead? Cause I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's hard to step on a chicken. They're fast. But if there's, but if there's 3000 of them, they don't have much room to move. Are they all pinned up? No. I mean, this is a, this is a free range wilderness thing. Hmm. Chicken on elephant crime. <laughs> I'm going with 6,000. You're going 3,000. Yeah. 3,500 to be safe. Okay. Well, but if you had money riding on it, I'd, I mean, the more the merrier. Okay. So right in with your, with your question, with your answer to the question, who do you think is right? And if you think we're both wrong, what's your, what's your, yeah, guess explain yourself. Show your work. Yeah. <laughs> Please explain your work. Okay. Next one is from Chase Ward. Cringy, cheap car mods on POS cars. Oh, nice. Hold on a second, everybody. So, cringy car mods, I would say, off the bat, the stick-on chrome letters and vents and stuff from AutoZone. Yeah, that was my thing. Um, anything with adhesive tape? Well, with the exception of like wheel arch molding or like door trim molding, that can be done tastefully, but overdone is cringe. I think another cringe thing is uh, truck nuts. Okay, like for sure. So my father-in-law, when those truck nuts came out, he said, I don't want any nuts. He said, I want a big plastic vagina for my Nova because my Nova's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) But he would say, it's like one of those, like the first time I was like, ha ha. But then like a year into every time he mentions, it's like, okay. So we need to get Jeremy Kyle to 3D print us a giant vagina (laughs) from the back of the Nova. Um. A uh, the colored headlights, like anytime I meet a a car with purple or blue headlights, it's just instant cringe for me. Like the ring, or no, just like the like the bulbs that you get that are a different color. Like you've you've driven down the road and like met a car like there's white headlights and there's yellow headlights. That's OE manufacturer whatever. But then there's one that's like blue. And I'm talking like the blue as that twisted tea can. And then there's like purple ones. And I'm talking like really, really purple headlights. And I don't know how they do it or why they do it, but that to me is super cringe. I think, um, I'm trying to think how to word this, but like where people, like their vehicle has a whole personality okay like my jeep the previous owner called it bootlegger uh-huh and there was just like bootlegger stuff everywhere and he painted it orange and the seat covers are orange and the grips are orange and the headlight rings are orange and the 
and the beadlock rings are orange and the suspension is orange, but none of the oranges mat- match. All different oranges. They're all different oranges. And just were like, it's almost like they try to make it have a personality. I think, I think JKUs are in a class of their own because we could go for miles on this because every JKU has at least one cringe mod for sure. Yeah. What's mine got? What's the cringe mod on my JKU? Well, you've taken a lot of mo- I've a done lot a lot of, of uncringing. Um, but the fact that it's still Rhino line, which you can't really do much about. People love that, dude. Which is cringe. I think it's, I would not do it, but I get more comments on that. The angry grill, that's cringe. <laughs> the angry grill is the cringest thing of them all. Rubber ducks, those are cringe. Um, the, uh, the stirrups that they put oh, in the God, door hinge. Yeah, that's cringe. That's cringe. Um, basically any off-road mod for Jeeps or any light underneath the vehicle that's not used as off for off-roading essentially. So like what comes to mind is the Simba Jeep that's here in town. Mm -hmm. Like that one is just, just over the top ridiculous. Um, but like. That's the, he, like, on Halloween, he has, a, like, 10-foot skeleton he hangs from the tree. Right, and then he's got, like, a Grinch in the back. and Yeah. Um, which That I mean, goes back to the personality thing. Yeah. So, I mean, props to you for having a hobby, I guess. But, I get like, like I said, like, JKUs are on a whole nother playing field. Because, like, if you go to any bar where there's a Jeep run, like, like every single, I don't even like me and Randy were somewhere one time and we we're like, gay, gay, gay. Like every single Jeep <laughs> that pulled in, like was just something about it was just stupid as hell. So, um, but Jeeps aside, car wise, um, whistle tips, which I don't, I have not seen one of those in forever. I think some, I think some wheel choices on three quarter ton and up pickup trucks is cringe. Okay. You know, your 22s, your 24s, that are, the wheels are half again wider than the tires and they stretch them out. Like, I don't want to sound like an old man, but that's just, don't do it for me. Well, there's a guy who I know who has a pretty nice Ford. It would be a really nice Ford truck. Um, and it's got 22-inch or 24-inch forces on it that are 14 inches wide or whatever. And they're negative 70 billion, whatever the fuck offset is. And they the stick, ball joint killer. They stick way out. And he has two two-inch oh, wheel spacers shit. on each wheel. So it's got four inches of wheel spacer plus a huge offset wheel. So, like, literally the fender of the truck is in line with the inside of the tire. I mean, it's awful. Like, the scrub radius on that, like, I don't know how he keeps front tires on it. But that, to me, is super cringe. Uh, also cringe the Carolina squat. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And I'm, I haven't seen too many of the, like for a while I saw a few of those around, but I don't see any around here anymore. I don't know. Do you see, I don't see them around here, but we're not in Carolina. So, well, yeah, but any, any of those trends, they still make their way around because of TikTok or whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I, there, there's plenty of them, but again, this is just our opinion, which is what yeah. we're experts on. So, some people say it's worth what you paid. That's right. Nick. Um, Brent Wallace said he has dibs on being on this podcast. <laughs> Do we want to go into that? <laughs> and he was here shortly. 
Uh, and then he had some matters to attend to at home, so he ended up leaving. Uh, Harrison Fitzgerald asked, flat earth or not, uh, which we have covered extensively with Nate Thompson on this podcast. Um, I say the earth is round just because I've been in the middle of the ocean on a jet ski, and I've seen the way the curvature of the earth works on the ocean. But according to Nate, that's because I have two forward-facing <laughs> eyes. My chickens know it's flat. That's right. So, what do you think, Dozer? I guess in the grand scheme of things, I, I still don't know. It doesn't matter. And then, all you know, it just doesn't matter. Okay. But for someone who's not really left the Midwest, I guess, how do you know? And, and tell people, defend it without using a picture from NASA. And also, some of my arguments, like when you shoot a rifle long ranges, you have to account for the curvature of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Well, the flat Earth people will say there is a slight curve to it. It's like a Frisbee. Okay. So you could, in like your theory with when you leave Miami and go across the ocean, Miami disappears. Mm-hmm. Well, that could still happen if Earth is like a disc. A disc, okay, and not totally round. So I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I believe more in aliens than flat Earth. Okay, because the flat Earth people like really don't believe in aliens. I've noticed. Like, there's not even outer space. Okay, so I don't know. I feel like if you believe there's an outer space, and if you believe of the vastness of the universe you've got to believe in aliens. Like there's no way we're alone. Well, infinite probability theory or whatever it is. So they say, (laughs) if you believe in space, that the Milky Way solar system, if it was in the palm of your head, no, not the Milky Way, but our, our solar system that we're in. Okay. But has it even got a name? Did the solar system. Yeah. Our solar system, the best one. It's huge. You're going to love it. Um, if it's in the palm of your hand, the Milky Way galaxy is the size of the United States. Sure. And there's multiple galaxies inside the universe and then multiple universes. In theory, technically. Right. In, so, the, in the observable universe. So assuming there's a space and assuming all that other bullshit is real then I just think there has to be aliens. But the flat earth people are just like, there ain't no space. Because Nate and Toops are both like, there ain't no space. No such thing as space. Because I was trying to get them on the alien thing with me. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Now, I believe that we've never been to the moon. That that I subscribe to. Okay. But I do believe... how they. We forgot how. Yeah. Right. Which TikTok is amazing um, in the fact that, like, the content that it brings you. And for the argument that we lost the technology to get there, the argument that I was presented with on a TikTok was we didn't lose the technology as much as we lost the ability 
to produce the technology. So like the Saturn V rocket, the most powerful engine built by human hands to this day. Would, in order to function without exploding, rapid, unscheduled deconstruction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like the the nozzle or whatever inside this rocket engine, the ports in it were drilled by hand. And the variation of the human hand allowed for whatever propulsion event to take place in such a way that it didn't ignite improperly. And anytime they tried to recreate that with a machine, it was too perfect and would cause whatever vibration or whatever caused that rapid unscheduled deconstruction because of it was too uh, symmetrical or whatever. And that the actual, the human hand producing that part and the variations in those parts caused by humans is what ultimately made it successful because of those variations. And then like, if you go into like, I've seen some videos on YouTube or whatever, like from like the sixties and fifties and sixties talking about like tool and die manufacturers. And like we do stuff on the bridge port and I have some experience in that. And like the stuff these guys do without a calculator, without a computer back in the fifties, like that skill is only learned by practicing and is only taught by people who know it. And with the advent of computer technology, that skill is lost. There, there does not exist someone today that has the mechanical ability to recreate what they did in the 50s and 60s with rocket technology. That is the argument that was presented to me. So I will, I will subscribe to the fact like we can't do it again because of the loss of that ability. We didn't lose the technology. And so like, if you go back to like Joe Rogan or whatever, and they talk about all kind of weird shit, like pyramids and everything. And like lost civilizations that were here before us that like, 15,000 years ago, they may have figured out a way to move heavy stones in a manner that we couldn't even comprehend. So like to think that there is technology that we don't have anymore, I subscribe to that also. So that's on like a macro level, but on a micro level, here we are, like we were able to send these huge machines into space like that happened. They went to space for sure. Did they go to the moon, land there? Whatever is, is the theory on that. I don't think so because well, when you got buzzed telling kids it never happened. So, but so then, so like that was back when we had these skilled tradesmen and now you got Elon launching shit into space and he's basically got to start from scratch because he doesn't have the whole financial backing of the United States military complex with hundreds of millions of people 
at his disposal working on this same project. Like that I'm, doesn't have to turn a profit. Right. Like I'm I'm sure he's got several hundred people working on his SpaceX rocket, building it, but he's got to basically figure out a way to do it himself in a, you know, from scratch, basically like here's a off the shelf rocket motor. It's not going to work. Right. So like they had to do their own trial and error setup. So like, I totally get like, there's a definite situation that we can't go back because you don't have the technology. Like we, we didn't lose it, but we lost the ability to do it. If that makes any sense. That's kind of where I'm at with that. I can see that. So I don't know. Moving on. Uh, this is kind of the same as the cringy car mods, but Harrison says Honda Civics that claim that they are fast yet sound like an Asian fart. Um, I thought it said artisan fair. <laughs> artisan fair? It said artisan fair. Is that Asian fart? Um, okay. I don't know. That That is kind of a trend that isn't around anymore. I don't really see that many civics run around that guys claim are fast. Um, at least not around here anyway. It used to be a big thing back in the fast and the furious days, you know, like 2003 and up kind of somewhere in there. Um, but I mean, anymore, if you've got a bunch of money in a civic, it's probably fast because of, you know, the internet, making everything so accessible like before the internet well in the early days of the internet like in 2003 if you had a honda civic and you put a fart can on it you made it sound fast or what you thought sounded fast but like with the internet for a few hundred bucks and a chinese turbo like it it doesn't just sound fast like she's actually fast you know what i mean i think the honda thing was the 90s or early 2000s LS swap thing. Okay. <laughs> it was a good value for your money. Like right. what it took to buy the vehicle, mod the vehicle, and get notable gains was reasonable and obtainable to people. Okay. So I, the hate probably came from the boomers, not understanding. Okay. But, like, we've got some friends with a pretty fast Honda. Mm -hmm. When it's running. Right. But, I mean, I think they're past. You could also argue if someone would put that much time, money, and effort into a big block, it'd probably be way faster. Well, it's driving the wrong set of wheels, first off. Yeah, technically. It's got more power than it can put to the ground. Right. But when it's at the ground, it's fast. So. 80-year-old. <laughs> got your bakery race yeah um so, so I, I mean i think they had their place and it's probably a stepping stone in the history of hot rodding but enough it's not for me i thought it I, I mean i had a friend in high school that had a eclipse with a you know cold air intake and and um fart pipe and we thought it was pretty cool and for a high school kid, it was. Yeah. Fair enough. So. So you're ready for the one that's going to get us canceled? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the one from Brent? Yeah. Go for it. Should trans. Well, the way the way he worded it is incorrect 
from my basic understanding of the situation, should trans men be able to compete in women's sports? And I believe what he meant to say is should trans trans women women be allowed technically to compete in women's sports? And I don't, this is not a hard one for me because the answer is obviously no. Um, I think biology is first and foremost to your opinion and your feelings and whatever. If you want to chop your dick off and put a dress on, be my guest. Go for it. If that's what makes you happy, you just knock yourself out. But it's when you try to force your ideals on someone else that makes it a problem. Because when I try to force my ideas on somebody that's racist or bigoted or transphobic or whatever, but if you try to do the same thing to me, it's righteous and justified. And that's something I don't agree with because what's good for the goose has to be good for the gander. And uh, I don't know who it was, but I saw a clip from some congressional hearing or whatever and it was about this very situation and the person who was advocating to remove trans women from women's sports was being called transphobic and her argument was by your own definition if i am being transphobic that is making you a misogynist which i thought was interesting um but the bottom line is is there is a physical difference in the biology of a man and a woman and i a one quote was if you put uh a hundred women and a hundred men on a deserted island and come back in a hundred years there will be a thriving civilization on that island if you put a hundred men and a hundred trans women on an island and come back in a hundred years, you'll have 200 male skeletons on that island because there is a biological difference in the different chromosomes of a man and a woman. So by that, by that definition, if you have a physical superiority in your biological makeup of your body, to a female, then of course you're going to dominate that sport, which is the very reason that it takes the sportsmanship out of it. Like, and I don't know what it will take to wake people up to that, but I, I saw a TikTok one time, a guy was like, every, uh, every top performing male weightlifter or whatever should put a wig on and say i'm a woman today and just crush every single woman record that exists and then be like oh i changed my mind because it's all about how we feel and i Mm -hmm. feel like a man again and then uh, another one i thought was hilarious was uh the which will never happen but it would be awesome if the male ceos of like all the fortune 500 companies came out and said I'm a woman and applied for all these female government grants and um, inclusionary all, mm-hmm. all the BS that 
it like the uh, minority grants and contracts and everything. And then so you've got this billionaire CFO or CEO of whatever. Call it GM. The CEO of GM says, I'm a woman today and I need this uh, minority contract to make all of the whatever for the United States and then turns a quadrillion dollar profit because of a loophole in the government's, you know, like if the government's going to say trans women are women, then I deserve the minority, whatever. And like once, once you hit them in the pocketbook, that's, that's when things that's are going to change. Changes. Yeah. So I don't, it, it won't, but it, it would be, it's fun to talk about and fun to think about. But as far as the question goes, my opinion, no, they should not be allowed to compete in women's sports. So my opinion is basically the same. I think of Dave Chappelle does a skit. Okay. And he's like, gender is a fact. Okay. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel about it or anything like that. It is a fact. And then he goes into Caitlyn Jenner said, excellent woman uh, or excellent person. I, I know her. You know, great person. But she became woman of the year her first year as a woman. <laughs> Better than all you bitches never had a period. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just craziness. And I don't even know if there's a significant, statistically significant amount of people who believe in the bullshit. Okay. But it just gets pushed. Like I you know, there's it, an agenda. Yeah, there's an agenda. And, and I mean, the women aren't for this. I mean, this letting a transgender woman compete in a women's sport. I mean, most women are agreeing to that. I don't know who's agreeing to it, but people who don't play the sport. Yeah, it's it's just insanity. And I mean, did you know there's 72 genders now? I thought it was more than that. Well, so you know what that means? Men are better than 71 genders. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyway, I mean, women women are different than men, and that's that's they're better at other things than, than men are. And it's it's just a perversion and they're it's a distraction and it's all bullshit. Mm. I mean, I don't really know a woman who believes in that kind of stuff. You know, the whole I don't know a woman who would agree that a transgender woman needs to compete in women's sports. I, I, I don't personally know of any. And again, this is our opinion. And if you want to change your gender, be my guest. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. You. I mean, I, on a, I am a, you know, I believe in this country, the whole pursuit of happiness thing. If you want to do that, go for it. I, I truly, I truly, I truly feel that way. If that's but, do, but don't try to change the status quo, right? Yeah. And don't don't try to. <laughs> it's just I don't know how to word it, but you know, start pretending that that's not the case. Sure. Don't be delusional. Yeah. Yeah. So, facts are facts. That is a fact. Hopefully we get canceled over that. I'm tired of doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> be the bigger raw. Okay. Well, let's, let's do a Joe Rogan pee break. Okay. Sounds good.
All right, we're back. So the next one will definitely get us canceled. This one is from Jason. Okay. Thoughts on wind energy using windmills like the ones just outside of Palm Springs, California. I feel like this is a troll to uh, get a sandpage. It's it's a hundred percent a troll, and I don't really feel like a sandpage is coming on, on this one. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. So what Jason is referring to is when we go out to California <laughs> and you leave Palm Springs heading up to the high desert to the 29 Palms Marine Base and the Johnson Valley Desert where this race takes place, you pass a significant amount of wind turbines. And most of them are older because California, being one of the first to adopt this alternative energy concept, they had some of the earliest versions of these wind turbines in use out there in Southern California. And the majority of the older ones that are standing are not spinning and therefore not producing any energy. And it is humorous to me to see all of the investment in this technology having zero return because Without it spinning, it's not making any energy. It's not producing any income. It's doing nothing but litter the landscape, essentially. And a large portion of both the working and not working windmills are completely stained from top to bottom with black grease and oil because the unfortunate truth of motion is friction and to combat friction you need oil and grease to combat that friction so these wind turbines that are supposedly so green and great for the environment are literally dumping gallons of oil onto the dirt you know you've got these wind turbines trying to combat this quote-unquote fossil fuel problem and they're dumping fossil fuels all over the ground. All over the ground, yeah. So that is that is what this particular comment is coming from because I did go on a sand page while we were driving up to Johnson Valley. But the problem that I have with both wind and solar, any alternative energy source, is the fact that it needs to be government-subsidized in order to be feasible. I'm a big free market guy. If solar energy and wind energy was legitimately feasible and profitable, you would not have to pay somebody to do it because it would be like a no-brainer. I'm doing it because it's going to save me money or make me money. Currently, the only way that it is economical and feasible is to get a either a purchase agreement or a refund or a tax credit from the United States government for doing it. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't put solar on your pole barn or on your house. I think that it's 
almost to the point where it is feasible to have solar on an existing structure. Case in point, I have a customer who owns a airplane hangar up in Decatur. He got a government subsidy on his taxes to install the solar on the roof of his hangar. Any roof structure of a large building that is unobstructed by trees or whatever is already real estate that you own and have been utilizing. Like he makes money by parking planes inside this hangar where this roof exists. So he had no investment in the real estate because that's already bought and paid for. It's making money in and of itself. So he had this real estate to place these panels and he happens to use a significant amount of energy in the wintertime keeping the hangar warm. And between the subsidy on his taxes and the energy savings in the wintertime, in the summertime, he actually sells power back to the power company. So after the cost of the panels on his ROI calculator in seven years, it's paid for. And the government paid for half. So 14 years, they would have paid for themselves. And they have a 20-year lifespan. So even not subsidized, you would have six years of profit, allegedly, in a perfect world. So the fact that he had the subsidy cut his ROI time in half. So now he's got all this extra time for it to actually net him a profit. So that I can see. But when you're buying up and renting farm ground to place these solar farms, now you're taking a productive amount of real estate and making it less productive because arguably the best solar energy producing thing that exists is photosynthesis and farmers produce not only food with their crops, but also oxygen through process of growing these crops. So wind is the same way and all in the name of these carbon credits or whatever. So feel free to chime in anytime here, Dozer. Well, you pretty much, uh, don't leave any, uh, any space to, to, to chime in, but I mean, I agree with everything you've said. I just think it's all bullshit when we have nuclear safe nuclear options and it reminds me of a meme it's like aliens coming to earth knowing we have that technology and seeing solar panels and wind turbines mm-hmm. it was like a meme it's like these aliens are like what is this ghetto shit right <laughs> so <laughs> good god man yeah it's that time of year so the the biggest thing for me on the wind side of things is the whole point is to become less. See, you've a, been you've been arguing from a money standpoint, okay? But there's the whole environmental friendly standpoint, and the, and the environmental friendly angle of it just can't be made sense of. Well, that's 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 the whole point. So that's where you're going. That's, I that's where I'm going. So 
the whole point is to reduce. You were just monologuing, and I had to. Yeah. The whole point is to reduce carbon output. Fair enough. There's no hard scientific evidence that carbon in the atmosphere is detrimental to anything. But you racist. I digress. So you have this windmill that has an expected lifespan. We'll be generous. Call it 20 years. That's more than generous. It's actually closer to 10. Technically. And so we put this, you know, money aside. We put this windmill up. We put this windmill up because we're going to create electricity so that we don't have to burn coal. For electric. For electric. And uh, so think of all the infrastructure that goes in to producing this windmill. So you've got, start at the very beginning. It's made of aluminum, steel, fiberglass, plastic. Okay. So going all the way back to the beginning, you've got a diesel construction equipment digging ore out of the earth. And it's loading material into a diesel dump truck that's taking this raw material to a processing facility that runs off of probably a coal-powered power power plant. And everybody involved from step one to the very end has to get to work in a gasoline-powered vehicle. And then they get to the factory in a gasoline-powered vehicle to make the raw materials. And then those raw materials get put on a train or a truck and shipped across the country to another factory where people have to drive in gasoline power cars to get and manufacture the generator, the blades, all the components that go into this turbine. And then we load these turbines onto several trains and trucks and take them back across the country to wherever they talk some landowner into renting some ground to put this windmill up. All those things take diesel fuel to move these pieces and parts to the job site. So automatically, before we're even putting the thing up, we're at a negative carbon situation. I mean, how many millions of units of carbon have we already justifiably created to make this windmill. Then you got to put the windmill up and that takes cranes and contractors. And then they got to build a road out to the middle of nowhere to get to the windmill using more construction equipment running on diesel. And then we put the thing up. Then you got to fill it with how many hundreds of gallons of coolant and lubricant and then oh yeah we're gonna make power with these so we got to connect them to the grid somehow so then you got to go get all this wire and build these towers to carry this power to wherever it needs to go so there's carbon and then you get it all set up and you flick the switch on we got to get a guy to go out there every day and check on them 
So just from getting it built to flipping the switch, someone needs to do the math on how many credits, carbon credits, this windmill has to remove from the energy grid in order to become neutral. And I'm sure it's astronomical. And about the time that it almost gets there, it flies apart. It, it catches on fire and burns to the ground <laughs> after killing 17 bald eagles. Yes. <laughs> so by the time it's out of service, it's never repaid its carbon debt to society. The only thing it's done is made a bunch of people a lot of money. And I think that's where the main agenda of this whole Green New Deal, Green Initiative is going. There's people in power that are making billions of dollars off of selling this garbage to us. I mean, I came from the mining uh, engineering background, and they were against it, but obviously there's a bias there. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand is you can spin one of those until it comes apart, and it will not produce the amount of energy it took to build it. 100%. And it's just virtue signaling and people want to feel good. I mean, if, if you can build, it was like, it would take a hundred square miles of solar panels to produce what a nuclear power plant can do in like a five acre compound. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but you're on the right track. These are all stats pulled out of my ass, but in general, okay. you can believe it. The, you're talking about energy density, and, there's, and yeah. there is the most energy-dense way to make power is nuclear. Hands down, bar none. And it's by, pretty safe, right? By a huge margin. It's extremely safe. It's safer. So it's, why do you think they don't do more of it? Because it's stigmatized. And it's an uneducated public. Right. Because there was so many anti-nuclear propaganda in the 70s and 80s that it... Do you think that was from, like, oil and coal people? Or do you think I th from the... It was, from, it was mostly from uh, Greenies and Hollywood. There was uh, the China Syndrome was a movie with Jane Fonda that basically was the nail in the coffin for nuclear energy uh, in America because it specifically outlined the, uh, uh, I cannot remember, but there was a, there was a nuclear reactor that went uh, super critical in Japan like a month after this movie came out in the 70s. And everyone's like, see, see, there it is. There it is. And the thing about it is the technology in the, the Chernobyl disaster is the one that everyone goes against. Well, they, that was built by Russians in the Cold War, which if you know anything about Russian technology, it's not that great. Um, it's kind of rushed and haphazard. Um, if you watch any documentary about Russia in the Cold War. It's all the same stuff. 
Like if you um uh K K uh five nineteen or whatever that had uh, it was a it was a movie about a Russian sub commander, the first nuclear Russian submarine, and it pretty accurately describes how the Russian government was like, good enough, we'll we'll send it, you know, like, oh well, we don't have this safety thing, like, don't worry about it, just get it done. And it, there was a nuclear accident on that submarine, and a lot of people died because of safety measures that were not in place. And it was the first one they'd ever done. They didn't know what they needed. They didn't know how to. They didn't even have popular pop proper uh, PPE to even be in the vicinity of a nuclear reactor, let alone operate one. And they just didn't know. I mean, there was so much not known. So like, if you think about what was a car that everybody drove in the 1950s versus was a car today, like the technology is not even on the same playing field. And it's the same with nuclear energy. But since the government is actively seeking to snuff it out, versus subsidize it then there's no there's no economical incentive for anybody to produce it not in this country anyway a lot of other countries are adopting it but uh as far as power density goes nuclear is the way to go but like the the three mile island disaster there's a documentary on netflix about that that is way over dramatized and they pick and pull the statistics that they feel makes it more sensational and it makes you sympathize with all of the individuals they, that they interview saying that their life is ruined because of this disaster and in reality the actual measurements of the radiation produced X number of distance away from that facility is similar to what you get from your cell phone as far as radiation exposure. But it's so over-dramatized as this accident because it did legitimately had a potential to be an extremely bad situation. But lots of people working together caused it to not be a catastrophic incident. Wasn't the big concern that there was hydrogen building up in the cooling system. Right, because it was it was so superheated that it was osmosifying or whatever the cooling water, which is like another thing like that they don't use just tap water anymore to cool nuclear reactors. Like there's a specific coolant that they use that in case of a incident where the reactor is not being able to be controlled by the control rods that it doesn't create a hydrogen buildup and a explosion hazard. Right. And they found out the hydrogen buildup wasn't even there. Right. They were, they had no way of measuring it. There was no, they like the, all this stuff was trial and error like that. Like no one stopped and thought like, Hey, maybe we should put some detectors inside this chamber to see what kind of elements are building up inside of it. Like no one ever thought like maybe we should do that. They just built it and they just did it. And that just goes back to, you know, trial and error. 
they now know the correct way to use these excellent engineering feats of engineering, but there's so much negative press around them that people are just deathly scared of them. And I mean, there's no reason that you shouldn't be skeptical, but it's, you know, typical American way. Like I read it on the internet, so it's true. Like you don't do your own research to find out for yourself. It's just, this is what I heard one time. Therefore it must be true. So, but yeah, it's, it's kind of sad because you, uh, you could solve all of this carbon and energy crisis by building just a couple dozen reactors. So what do we got next? Uh, the last one, uh, is a multi-part from Allison. Okay. So chicken or the egg first? Uh, I would have to say the chicken. Okay. Cause an egg needs to be sat on. And if you have just an egg, what's going to incubate that egg? Fair enough. You got an opinion on that? Well, definitely the chicken first, because in the beginning, God created all the animals and made Adam name them, right? Okay. So like, Adam wouldn't have been like, that round thing, I'm going to call that an egg, and then boom, a chick pops out. And then, like, I think, you know, like, even every animal, like, it was like, Here's the full-grown adult male and female version of everything, right? Like, boom, there's a chicken. Boom, there's a frog. Boom, there's a cow. You know what I mean? Like, he, mm -hmm. like, and then through perfect creation, he was just like, the reproductive system just existed. I agree. That's my opinion. Okay. Do blondes have more fun? Now, what do you think? I think that's uh I think that's marketing. I don't yeah, I mean I don't I mean I know some pretty lame blondes and I know some pretty fun brunettes. So Myth busted. Myth busted, that's my opinion. What do you think? Same. Yeah. I don't think it matters. Okay. What year makes it a classic? It's a good question. Depends on what it is. If we're talking cars, we're talking trucks, tractors, talking tractors, guns. What are we talking? I think if it's, ooh, I don't know, what does make it a classic? I think if it's older than me, it's a classic. Okay. So then what if our listener is 25? Then I, I guess it's subjective. Because the definition, according to the state of Illinois is 25 years old. It can be a classic. And I would have to disagree with that because. What about Wyatt thinks a 1998 Jeep is a classic. Fair enough. My six-year-old son. Fair enough. So it's subjective. But I, I think there needs to be more than an age. There needs to be a desirable, a desirability to it. So like, a 1998 Jeep Cherokee, 
although it's 25 years old, not a classic. A 1998 uh, Honda uh, Acura NSX, that's a classic because it's desirable, right? I didn't see that. But like, take like uh, an old Chrysler LeBaron. Sure. And they're not really that desirable, but if you see one that's like in good shape with the wood grain and the spoke hub caps and shit, you're like, damn, this is a classic. Again, desirability. So like, but nobody desires those except for like one person in Diedrich. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not necessarily true because you could, I mean, you could say like a clean example of anything, no matter what it is, would be sought after, but it doesn't necessarily make it a classic either. So like, I, I know what you're saying. I don't think you're explaining it good, but I know what you're saying. So like, like it's a classic example of something people want. Right. Like, it, like you could have like, like a, um, like a, there was one on Facebook several months ago. It was like a, 2001 Dodge Ram 3500 Dually four wheel drive had like 11 miles on it. They wanted like 50 grand for it. Seems reasonable. Not a classic, highly desirable. Mm -hmm. Not a classic. You know what I mean? Like just because it's an extremely clean example of something doesn't automatically make it a classic. So basically, we agree it's older than 25 years and people have to want them. Fair enough. I go with that. Okay, name something that's older than 25 years that nobody wants. I was trying to think of this earlier. Um, like a, I don't know, older than, like, what do like you, what 20, do you think? Like a 25-year-old Toyota Corolla. But if it was clean, someone You're, would probably I, want it. I know, that's what I'm saying. Um... So does it have to be clean? Is a is a rusted out freaking um, wing car not a classic? Well, what's a classic? Because it it's desirable. There's a there's a sixteen there's a seventy charger. Okay, so twenty five years old, clean, desirable. Pick two. That's like, what makes it a classic. Okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. Fair enough. Pick two. Pick right. two. Okay. I'll give you that. Sure. Well, then then you got clean and desirable, but not 25 years old. My pick two definition, that would be a classic. So over 25 years and then either clean or desirable. Yes. Right. Okay. Glad we got that solved. Thank God. Should men have the same paternity term length as moms? No. What is what is current standard female maternity leave? I don't know. Legally, I think it's six weeks. Okay. So the big push is like, 12 weeks or no legally i think it's 12 weeks really i think it's legally 12 weeks okay 
Like my wife is like, don't need that long. Get back to work. Okay. Some people want to take that first 12 weeks with their baby and, and enjoy that time and, and do whatever needs done during that time. Um, I guess I really don't have that much of an opinion from the women's side of things. Um, I do think, I mean, I've had three kids. Right. And took a little time off of work. Like, I get it. Like, things need done, especially if it's not your first one and you've got other kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mom's been through, you know, the childbirthing process and is wore out, you know, a week or two or whichever to for mom to bounce back and, and kind of get back in your routine. But I mean, I, I, I don't think 12 weeks is necessary. I guess it would maybe be nice. It just kind of depends, but. Okay. I I honestly believe it or not. I do do not have an opinion on this. No. Um, I think as far as like legally is concerned, I think that there should be if if and and like the, then you run the risk of people taking advantage like I think there should be a paternity leave for men. I think it should exist, but I don't think it should be as long as a female because you did your work nine months ago, bro like you you didn't you may have, you may have slept in a hospital chair and that sucked. Like, sorry, it, it bro. It was like, rough. Yeah. Go take a nap, get your ass back to work. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I think two, maybe three weeks is more than enough for a man. It's my opinion. But again, I don't have a kid. I don't know what it's like having a kid dealing with a wife that just popped a kid out of her. And then there's also extenuating circumstances too, because that's assuming everything goes right. Right. But, a lot of times everything doesn't go right. And you had a situation where had you not been in the, had you not been employed where you were employed, you would have lost your job. Would you, would you have not? Well, I guess because, it just depends on how because, understanding. Exactly. Because Zach Houston, same situation with his kid. He was in a situation where he had to be out of town in the NICU, with which his wife was in the hospital for how many weeks before the baby was born. And he had to be there. I mean, he technically didn't have to be. I mean, he could have been a piece of shit and just said good luck, but he wasn't. And he had the opportunity, owning his own business, to be away from work to take care of his family. And it depends on your employer and what, how understanding they are. And given their response to your specific situation is something that you should reflect on as an employee. Like, is this the kind of culture that I want to be a part of too? So. And then when I, when I say it shouldn't be that long, that's assuming everything goes well. You know, if shit hits the fan, then you know, it falls under the tree people how you would want to be treated. And if I had an employee in that situation, like, okay, you know, get done what you need to get done, all that. Just, you know, it's one of those, one of those gray zones. But as far as like hard and fast, 
most of them go well. Right. Statistically significant, a a statistically significant amount of births are relatively drama free. Right. Now, I do know people who like work for the state of Illinois who get 12 weeks and they take it. And if that falls within the rules and, you know, why not? I suppose, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily bashing on people that have it and use it, but you know, is it needed? I don't think it is. Fair enough. But, uh, would it be nice to have, uh, I guess, I suppose, but a lot of things would be nice, but sometimes that's not life. Right. It's not always, uh, sugar plums and gumdrops or whatever. Right. And then you can get into a Dave Ramsey rant. Like, you start having a savings account with, with six months of expenses and you have a sick baby and your boss wants to fire you over it, fuck them. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what everybody should be working towards, honestly, is that kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. So I, it, would be, it would suck to have a child sick and you're worrying about going to work. Mm-hmm whether you should or shouldn't or whichever. So just set yourself up into a position where that it doesn't matter. So I heard uh, something one time it, it said, uh, if you're the best soccer player in the world and you have a sick kid, you don't care about soccer anymore. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that's true. So, I mean, if you're in that situation, you don't really care about your job anyway. So. Right. And, and if someone's going to fire you over being gone with a sick kid, then you don't want to work there anyway, I guess. That, that was my point. Like that goes back to, is this the kind of culture that you want to be a part of? Type right. Of so, yeah. Anything else? How many, how many weeks as a, as a standard for men? Well, I can only go off of what I, what I have done, I guess. Well, not only, but I guess. Usually you're in the hospital a couple days, get home, get everybody settled and stuff. Two weeks on average. Okay. Two weeks, I think, is reasonable. Yeah. Just to get everybody home and get in a routine and be good. And and some people that are in that situation, like I know Eric Custer was born early. Okay. And his mom went back to work because she's like, I can't use my leave until he's ready to go home. Oh shit. So she would leave him at the hospital and go to work. And then when he was ready to come home, that's when she took her leave. Interesting. And where did she work? Uh, I don't know where she worked at, at that time. Fair enough. Hmm. Did not know that. So, and I know some people do that as well. And that would be hard to leave your baby in a hospital. Right. And if they were early and you were pretty hopeful they were going to, you know. Come around. Come around, then it'd be a little easier than if you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Sure. So, yeah. I would say standard two weeks and with exceptions for bad situations. Insinuating circumstances. Okay. And then the last one is opinion on Margarita Fridays. 
Well, that was something I was hoping we could get going. And, uh, you know, you work at a couple blue collar jobs. Like when we worked at the welding shop, the last hour of Friday was drinking beer. Uh huh. And apparently in a office white collar situation, that's more frowned upon than, uh, in a blue collar situation. Yeah. Um, so, which is unfortunate. I, I kind of messed up the whole margarita Friday things because I changed my schedule and I now visit Jedco on a Monday when I visit, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't really lend itself to day drinking as well as Friday. Does. <laughs> it's not illegal. It's just frowned upon. Yeah. I mean, thanks. Osama. Yeah. Jeez. Um, and, and in fact, Allie ruined it before I ruined it because since the episode that she was on, she was supposed to make me a poke cake for Margarita Fridays. And then she just didn't, didn't. So mm-hmm. I'm blaming her. Had, had she made me the poke cake and we kept doing Margarita Fridays, I would have probably not changed my route up. Classic Allie. Thanks a lot. So, yeah. So that's what we got you guys for Christmas this year was our opinion. And they're just like assholes. They all stink. That's right. And, you know, this episode is free to listen to and our opinions are free to listen to. And some people think that's uh, probably what they're worth. Worth what you pay. Mm Mm-hmm. So. And uh, if you disagree, we'll give you your money back. That's right. (laughs) So if anybody has any opinions on our opinions... Right in. Yeah, reach Sam, out. Sam may remember to check the email. Yeah, I'll, turn email? My, I'll turn my notifications back Yeah, on. now that tax season's over. Yeah, I'm about, about to start again. Oh, geez. Well, uh, Sam, what, what's the email? Uh, the email is askshortstorylong at gmail.com. Okay. So Did drop, you learn? Us, drop us a line. Did you learn anything today? The only thing I learned was that our opinions are like assholes. We all got them and they all stink. Yeah, I, I'm so out of practice. I didn't even think to write down what I learned today. So we didn't learn much. Well, we weren't, we weren't, we were, edu- how, we were how, educators. How, yeah. How are we going to learn our own opinion? You know, yeah, I already we knew are, all this. Yeah. We already knew. Yeah. So we already imparted everything we know to you guys tonight. So again, if you've got opinions, let us know what, what, uh, what they are and uh, we'll share them on the air and, we could get a lively discussion going because we, we had a couple controversial ones for sure. So Yeah. With any luck, we'll be canceled. Well, God can only hope, right? Okay. Well, until next time. Thanks for riding along with us, guys, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks a lot.
sling a little mud in my four-wheel drive Truck it on into town Shoot a little eight ball down at the pool hall Drink a beer with my friend Now don't judge me and I won't judge you Cause we all get judged in the end Some people care about what other people think Worry about what they say Damn, what other people think? What do you think about that?